I'ma say what I feel And I promise to keep it real Welcome to the Red Room Diminishing the doubts are behind ya It's hard to grind in the business Got me stressed in the rent room We let that shit up off our chest You know the street nerd has got no time for no caca Sass in class, yes that's Mr. Bolakaja Never have to guess when you're listening to Hillier He gon' bring more game than a shark playing billiards It's all about the crap of screenwriting It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening Your pen and words are like bullets in a gun Write what you feel, say what you want Welcome to the Red Room. Here I'm sitting in a, in a meeting with Ryan Murphy, and he's mm. talking about, so this is what would happen to Damon at this point in the story. And it's like, blowing Whoa. my mind. <laughs> blowing my mind this is happening. You're just like, right. whoa. You see, you made an interesting point about you feel that there's, a, there's that serendipitous friendship that you feel with another creator that you don't know, you've never met before. And I had a similar experience when I was... Um, I wrote this Orson Welles movie, right? Mm. And I'd sent it to Scott Alexander, you know, who had done People vs. OJ. And he's a big Orson Welles fan. And he called me after he read the draft, and he had some n- notes on a few scenes. And he was pitching a couple... I- he, was, he, he, I- he was spitballing ideas with me. And it's a really weird place to be with someone who you respect on such a high level for their work, is a cool person, and you just like... It, 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 I, it's, it, you can't describe it But you just know It's like what, Okay what's happening It's going to be better It's going to be cool It's going to be something That synergy that, is That's amazing yeah. You know And you feel It's weird Because you kind of think Like he's blending my ideas What's going on here But it's, it's but, but it's like you say But you knew There's going to be this friendship And it's like He's going to help me I'm going to help him And I, it, it's like Those are the things That I feel Is where it's a weird, you know, people always tell you it's about the relationships in this business. It totally is because things like that is what would make a project go as opposed to what would make a project stay in development hell because mm-hmm. he's now seeing this. If those people start talking about the show or, or your project, your movie, in terms of we, then it's like, well, then you know that they're going to go to bat at every moment mm-hmm. and they're going to put their you know 20 years of reputation that they earned on your project because everyone who's a really really strong creative knows that it all not going to come from me right. it all doesn't need to come from me if i see something that is that fits fits with what i want to do and i want to see it go i'm going to put you know put my thumb on the scale and see it go and that's what happened and that's a great story well and so i think th- oh go ahead no well i was just going to say that 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 story I think is significant, not just because it, it was the beginning, really, of, mm-hmm. of this collaboration between Ryan and I, but it's so indicative of just who he is as a collaborator in general. Mm-hmm. You know, so the whole process of Pose has been just a, a real um, a sharing of ideas, mm-hmm. you know, and everyone just showing up right. and being egoless at mm-hmm. the table, mm-hmm. which I really appreciate. I think going into it, especially after that meeting because so we have that meeting at the end of the 45 minutes ryan looks at me because he has to go back to set to keep directing um and he's like okay so we're gonna make that together ah. and then he That's just i was just gonna ah. ask you like so at the end of that 45 minutes yeah what's the last thing ryan no, said wow. literally verbatim like and, I, it's seared did, it's did, seared in my brain and wait and did you and did you like get that on tape i said can i have that in, in writing <laughs> <laughs> no i was in Shock. I was in shock. <laughs> right. Like my literal reaction was, I was sitting at a table and Sherry was to my left, and he goes, he stands up and goes, "Okay, well, let's do that together." And then he just gets up and walks out. <laughs> so he walks out, and I'm, and I like, like, I wait, he's like, what does that mean? Like, uh, <laughs> what's happening? Yeah, what's happening right now? And I like, I just kind of looked at, I looked to the left and looked at Sherry, and I was, and then we both stand up. And walk out. And then as I'm walking, I was parked in front of his office, Mm -hmm. um, or rather Sherry was, and we were getting in her car, and he's about to walk to the soundstage where they were shooting, and he screams across the lot, okay, so I'll call Business Affairs to get that started. Wow. And then just kind of waves. (laughs) And so we get in the car, and she looks at me. I would have curled up. (laughs) 
in a little fetal position in the middle of the parking lot right there wow. and would have been like, holy. <laughs> I would have been bawling. I would have been. I was so confused. It. And like the whole time, like we just in silence, like I just remember like, you know, Cherry put her car in <laughs> drive or reverse and we backed out of this spot and we drove off the lot. And I like, we were just quiet. And she finally looked at me and is like, are you okay? And I was like, what just happened? <laughs> like, I was so confused. <laughs> I was so confused. Like, I was just so out of body. Like, wait. That, I, I just want to say, it's like, were you like watching see, yourself see, from a distance? The like, thing what is crazy, happening? This is stuff I love about this because what happens in this industry, when something goes right, you, you're like, so shocked. You're shocked because you didn't understand what you did mm-hmm. differently this than what you did in 20 other times right. that it just like worked this time and you're like, also, you're so used to hearing no. no oh, my God. Saying. I know. Yeah, you hear no all the time. You know, you know. It's Were you already walking down like, okay, okay, this is a no, and it's I like, yes. I did this last time, or the last 20 times, and it was, and it was 20 no's. Hmm. I did this one time, and all of a sudden it's yes, but it's what a friend of mine was telling me a couple of weeks ago. He was like, you know this business. You only need one person hmm. to say yes, and it'll go. But the thing is, is that because you hear no so much, you're used to no. The, the no is the is the default comfortable state. And it's like at that moment of when the world's shifting for you, because the world is shifting for you at, at that moment, you're kind of like, I don't know this story. Because you know almost every yeah. other story that's happening. In, in, it's like, it's like you've seen it all in movies mm-hmm. and read about it. People tell the story. But that, but when people tell the story, but when their life changed, they don't tell it that way. They've kind of like figured out the shorthand to say it in mm-hmm. front of a in front of a Q and A kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it's like you don't know how to describe it because, because this is a story that is different for everybody. Mm-hmm. But you know when it's when it's happened that it's like everything's changing now. Yeah, it's like like mm-hmm. like Lucy and Charlie Brown when Lucy's holding that football <laughs> and Charlie and you're so used to Lucy pulling that football away and you just land on your back like God damn it. And when she finally. Let's it stay, and you actually kick it. You're like, am I kicking it? <laughs> it is happening. Let, let, let me just ask you: How long was the development process from there before you guys got into production? Uh, so we, so that was September of 2016. Ryan and I officially started to break story December of 2016. Wow. Okay. And we went into production November 2017. Wow. That's not bad. Now, going in, <clears throat> first thing, how much different was the pilot you wrote from the pilot that we actually see? Uh, thematically, mm-hmm. 100% the same. Okay. Um, Damon, that character was in the original, so we really just sort of, you know, the, the construction job, around. we just mm-hmm. moved him over. Um, the original draft of Pose that I wrote was very dark. So I wrote it to a, one of your earlier points. I wrote it really with like HBO, Showtime, Netflix yeah. in mind. Mm-hmm. You know, so I wrote like the gritty cable mm-hmm. version of it, um, and and then in the process of talking to, and we were actually we're going to lean into that. Um, Ryan, Brad, and I, when we started working on revising the pilot. And then at a certain point, I think it was after we had written probably like the third draft. We wrote about three or four drafts of that pilot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was after maybe the third draft. Uh, we were about to start working on uh, writing episode two. And Ryan came in the room one day and said, I think we broke this wrong. I think we need to talk about it again. And we spent like a solid two, I want to say like two days talking about the tone of the show mm-hmm. and what we wanted the show to accomplish mm-hmm. and who the show was for. And I think, and, and what Ryan said ultimately was, you know, we want the show to be universal. Right. And I think that first draft, when I wrote it in grad school was just, as I said earlier, like I wasn't interested mm-hmm. in taking people's notes in the class. <laughs> like I just, I was really unapologetic right. about what it was. Right. So it was unapologetically mm-hmm. queer. It was unapologetically Black, like it was just this is just what it is, you know. And mm-hmm. I could really give a fuck what people think. <laughs> and and Ryan at a certain point was like, "No, I, I respect that. You know, this is these are communities that we often don't see centered in this way, and that's important." With that said, 
trust me because I've been doing this long enough. If you want the show to be successful, if you want it to receive more than just one season, you know, if you want it to be greenlit, all that good stuff. Like there are very particular things we need to be thinking about moving right. forward. And one of them was how do you draw an audience in to see this mm. um, as opposed to keeping the audience at bay. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so at that point, the tone of the piece shifted, you know. So like in that original draft, I have Damon there's a murder Damon is sexually assaulted in it oh, so like yeah, it's, okay. it was gotcha. very heavy it was right, really heavy right. um, and Ryan was like I'm not saying that we have to um, we don't have to dumb the story down we don't have to shy away from the reality of the time like I still think we should talk about AIDS mm-hmm. we should talk about the crack epidemic we should talk about poverty um, and issues of class and racism you know and all those things are embedded throughout this season but there's a way to talk about it where it feels like everyone is part of the discourse exactly because something that I I noticed this because I watch a lot of um, I watch a lot of British TV and, and, and I try to watch some European television is that I feel American shows need sensationalism I think a lot of times that we write the sensationalist stuff and we don't trust the audience will just love the drama. You know, will love what the people are doing and love so it doesn't have to so you don't have to have a murder. You think you're gonna have a murder to get people's attention, mm-hmm. but once but 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 once they've turned on, they don't need the murder. You know? It's those characters that, yeah. that you Can I, invested I, in because that's I'm, what I'm that's what makes pose work. To me, the, the the I'm watching it and I'm kind of like trying to figure out what the show is in the first couple like the first minute but the minute they go to the to do the robbery I was like oh this is going to be fun right, this is going right. to be fun in a way that I the museum that, that, I, was, that I didn't expect and it be, and granted I don't know anything about what it was going to be I mean I have seen Paris is Burning but so when it came out I was like oh it's going to be of course like that but that robbery kind of like it added this kind of lightness to it Still dark, but I was like, okay. And I felt that was a good choice that you guys did because it, it kept me, yeah. mm-hmm. like, like, because that gave you a freedom to do things, like, later on in the show that, I mean, I'm sure you got to do more live see later on, that, um, it's, uh, I did, I, that if you do something dramatic, you, then you got to stay there. Because mm-hmm. I, I have this whole big theory that, if you in, that the type of stylization you do in storytelling, you got to do it early, so that, and it just has to hint at it, because then once you come to it later on, well, I already did it. I, yeah, I did it for like maybe thirty seconds there, but here's a whole episode on this, and that freedom you got, and you really allowed that in a way that I thought was really smart. And the know? opening sequence, it moves, and you're so engaged in it, like literally ten minutes, and that's when I told you earlier, like I stopped. Yeah, yeah, because I bought like because I was like, oh, I, I missed like the what you call it, but I can get the first one on Amazon and get it from there, and then I can catch up the rest of the week. Literally ten minutes in, I stopped it, went up and just bought the whole damn thing, and I was like, I hope these numbers count for people buying it for the show yeah, for the numbers because I knew ten minutes in, I'm like, this is for me. Because the tone, even though you kind of get hints of okay, there's going to be See, some we serious stuff coming up. <laughs> I was, I, we had them in San we Francisco. They weren't that. They weren't there like yet. You guys did, but it's like ten minutes in. It's yeah. like, oh, this is my shit. Yeah. This is my show, yeah. and I need people to watch it because structurally, the way that the the show is created, it's almost like the first opening. You come in because the music is fantastic. Uh. Whoever your musicologist is mm-hmm. on the show, <laughs> and like I think three episodes in, when y'all had Grace Jones, Levy and Rose, I'm like, these bitches have done their homework. <laughs> they are bringing it mm-hmm. because structurally, it's like you get. With Pray Tell opening up every sequence and coming in, he's like that, he's like that griot mm-hmm. that gets you in yeah. and he like sets the tone. We have the, the music. The category is. Who is that? Billy Porter. Uh, Billy. Is that, oh, is that you come on. Yeah. Come on. Because look. Come on, Pray Tell. Because the line. No, no. The, no, the, the line that got me is the line where he says something about like, um, um. Something about casual corner, and I was like, <laughs> "Okay, that right there—that's some they cool." They do not sh- play. I mean, look, that was they dope. Because, do and I said to myself, "That's an '80s thing." Like, mm-hmm. like the research yeah. to get that look, right, which to members me, only jackets. I love period yes. piece, and, and I love it when people get it right because I think a lot of times people do '80s stuff 
and who who were kids then, and right. you were a kid then, mm-hmm. but don't but feel they can like filter in like modern slang and stuff, mm-hmm. and you didn't. You even went further up to say casual court. I was like, fuck, that's like <laughs> giving me names. That's dope. Way I thought back. it was dope, man. Right. I it was well, dope. our room is a brain trust, and I, you know. Clearly. And it's interesting because I think there are experiences that folks in our room have had that people don't know. For example, like Ryan mm-hmm. in his 20s spent a lot of time in New York in the 80s, mm-hmm. you know, and so he's very familiar with New York in the 80s, you know, and Our Lady J, who's in our room, yes. lived in the, in the, <gasps> the 80s queen. as well. And so, you know, I think you just, we had a lot of folks who were, mm-hmm. if we weren't adults at that time period, were just familiar with right. what the experience was being Because those are two things I want you to address right now. Number mm. one, Janet Mark. Yes, Our Lady J mm-hmm. making history. Mm-hmm. Okay, two and in one room. Two I in love one room. It. I love it. Come on now. Mm-hmm. And number two, the casting, because who put the edict out that said everybody who's playing these roles are going to be the people? They're going to be real. <laughs> They're going to be real. Yeah. I love it. And the centering, because to me, casting is everything, mm-hmm. and every single one of those characters are so unique and so distinct. And they're so integral to the story. Yeah. Even the minor character, our little, the, the little, the little baby that's in the house. What's oh, what's his little character's Bobby. name? <laughs> He's so that's precious. Right, right. It's like yeah, every character. Bobby. Like I feel like every character in the show. If you took that one, the linchpin, the whole thing would just fall apart. Mm-hmm. Like everything is so integral. So could you address those two things? Hiring of those two writers and also the casting. I'm gonna go back for a second because you also mentioned music earlier. Okay. So two things that happen with our music. One is. At times when we're writing particular scenes... But you know you listen so to music while you're in there? We do. We actually play a lot of YouTube videos and iTunes in the room. Because like, sometimes we'll, write, we'll have a scene either that we're talking about right. or after a scene has been written. Mm-hmm. And the five of us, so um, Our Lady J, Janet, Mock, myself, Brad Falchuk, and Ryan Murphy, like, we'll all be in the room together talking about it and like, oh, what feels like the right moment? So, for example, like in the pilot, Running Up the Hill, mm-hmm. the Cape Bush song, like, that was, I believe that that was Brad Falchuk who said that in the room who was like what about that song and Ryan was like oh my god perfect um, or like um, there were a couple songs I mean there are songs throughout that like if you're writing that scene you just will say that's the song that's mm-hmm. playing you know like Janet and I so both they got love, a good music but so they got like the nice so Spotify we gotta think about it I, I need we the like soundtrack we get that? I need the poet yeah. soundtrack and Ryan usually like he'll let us know if we're going too far like so for example I really wanted to have um there was a particular Prince song that I wanted in an episode but right now there's just issues with the rights so he was like that's never going to happen I'll try to do it but I just don't think it'll happen Um, but the other thing is we have um, one of our EPs Alexis Martin Woodall and she is just a wealth, a vast wealth of knowledge when it mm. comes to music. And so she, she still, also she still will has just, her club clothes. Yeah. <laughs> and so she will present okay. songs. You know? So she'll say, hey, in this moment, I think this would be a really great mm-hmm. track. Right. What do you think? Um, you know, and then we'll kind of talk about mm-hmm. it. And anyway, in terms of Janet and Our Lady J, incredible. You know, like it was, we were just fortunate to get them. You know, Jay at the time was still working on transparent mm-hmm. um, and had a little bit of a gap and so we were like well let's try to get her even mm-hmm. if it's just for that gap and so we're lucky that we were able to pull her in and then keep her yeah. um, and in terms of Janet you know Janet hadn't ever written television before but we knew that we we just wanted as diverse a room as possible and it was really important particularly for Brad Ryan and I as three cisgender men mm-hmm. despite the fact that I'm also a man of color that we needed we needed trans voices in the room, mm-hmm. um, you know, and with the three of us all being male identified, we knew we needed women. Um, me being the only person of color, I was like, we definitely need a person of color in this room. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we were like, okay, well, we need a really incredible, we need incredible trans voices, you know, and Our Lady J obviously Janet has both, already made yes. history by being the first trans woman to ever be in a writer's room, right. period. Right. Um, and then... I've brought her in on events we've done at the Writer's Guild. She's yeah, amazing. Yeah, she's, yeah, no, yeah. she's great. Yeah. She's fantastic. And, and then Janet, you know, like, <clears throat> very familiar with her because I read her first memoir. And right. I was like, I don't know if she'll ever do it. You know, like, we had talked, like, Ryan was like, what do you think of Janet Mock? And I was like... I don't know. It was like, you been, <laughs> like, what is she doing right now? Right. And he was like, I don't know, but we should find out. Um, and then the next thing you know, he's like, well, Janet's going to be in our room. And I was like, that is amazing. Ooh. And so we have like a stacked room mm-hmm. and the two of them have brought so much to this project. And I just, I, I love our room so much because we really are, 
we're like our own house. Mm-hmm. Like, and we really are a family. Like, we're super supportive of one another. And it's just the five, five or six. It's just the five of us. Wow. Yeah, and we're and it, and it is. You want to talk about just <laughs> splitting a vein open? Like, Ooh. we're very honest with one another, right. and we challenge each other, and we support each other, and it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Really fortunate. Um, Ryan always says that the room is a sacred space, right. and so what we talk about in our room is is um, private and personal between us. And so yeah. whenever right. I tell people. Whenever people ask, what do you talk about in the room? I would say, just watch the show. If you want to know right. what we've been talking about in the right. room, watch the show because it's all on the page. Because right. I'm on a genre show and we be in there crying and stuff. Is the people mm-hmm. like, it's a genre. Like, you open up and you tell a you story. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah, go ahead. So it's great. Um, and in terms of casting, we have an incredible casting director in Alexa Fogel. Oh, um, yeah. From, 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 she worked uh, on The Wire. Yeah. She worked on Oz. Was, and yeah. most recently, oh, she gosh, cast um, Ozark. Okay. And she's Love incredible. Ozark. She's out of New York, right? Correct. Yeah. And she's fantastic. And, you know, when we started writing the pilot, or I think it's maybe right after we finished the first draft of the pilot, um, he called her up and said, listen, like, we are casting authentically. So go wherever you need to go. Go into the balls. Like, do what you need to do, but find just incredible talent, Mm. period. Um, You know, and she had all of the character descriptions. And so she knew that these women were going to be black or Latinx or Mm Afro-Latinx and that they were trans and... And that's what she did. She went out and she just she killed found I mean, she yeah. killed the most incredible, talented actors to play these roles. And she it was like maybe five or six months in, she finally presented us. Y'all better get some nominations. With <laughs> if they don't, we fight. All the actors we fight. killing it. <laughs> We fight yeah, people. Electra great. is giving you. Ah, she's. I mean, she's I told y'all, I live I mean, in her cheekbones. Like, okay, who? I, I mean, Angel. See, listen, see, see to yeah. me, like, listen, I, I feel yeah. bad. Listen, I only watched the one episode because uh, of time stuff. But how dare you? How, how dare I'm you? telling you, <laughs> I'm so. I apologize. He one of them straight people. He a little late. I apologize. He'll get. He'll catch up. He'll catch up. No, but it's, I thought he had home training. I apologize. It's one of those things where I feel like I was telling someone about this the other day. You know, like, um, one of my favorite shows that was on Cinemax is a show called Strike Back, right? I loved it because the casting. But I didn't realize how much I loved it from the casting when they brought it back and they had, like, different cast. And I was like, it's the same show, but it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work. And And I realized that all the interpersonal moments between the actors when they're doing little things or mm-hmm. little looks and, I, and that's what I think is so good about your show is that there's just this be, there's these slight moments of behavior that every director is just crying for and when mm-hmm. you get it it just makes you so giddy and I just was like I was because Ryan did the pilot I was like he must have just been like shitting his pants the whole time right. because it's like this is going to be so good this is going to be so good these people, are, these people are like like they're burning every frame they're in and it's so interesting because they're not upstaging their, their, like you know they're not upstaging each other in a scene they're very cognizant of what the scene's supposed to do but well they're because very, they're all family just you know, to interject really quickly like I think the cast all recognize and this was something that we they talked a lot about, especially when we were shooting, because we, we block shot the first two mm-hmm. before then going back two months later to shoot the rest of the season. Um, but I think everyone was aware, like, this type of show and this opportunity does not come along very often mm-hmm. or ever. Ever, ever. The fact mm-hmm. of the matter is that the five ladies who we cast as series regulars, who are all women of color and all identify as trans, mm-hmm. are in a scene together. Right. Yeah. Yeah, how amazing Hello. is that? Right. Yeah. Hello, that's a really good yeah. point. Hello. That in itself. Talk about the Bechdel test. Hello. Like, you know? Okay. Yeah. 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 Exactly. And okay. if you continue to watch throughout the season, <laughs> like, <laughs> sure did just call him out. Um, <laughs> they like they're in scenes together where they're not just talking about their transness Thank and you. their trans True. identity. They're not just talking about men. Right. Like they're actually talking about real issues right. you know and they have one because my favorite like I, I remember I tweeted out I said my uh, I, I have had apologized to my mom and dad I said my new parents <laughs> are Blanca and Pray Tell yes. <laughs> because they are like the parents I think everybody needs mm-hmm. and there were so I mean every episode there's like moments where you're like oh my god this is so amazing but one of my my favorites is the episode where spoiler alert <laughs> And, um, don't give it all I'm away. I'm not going to give it all away. It's when Blanca's having the conversation, having the sex talk. Okay. 
yeah. with her son Damon. Right. Mm. Right. And it's one of them. It's the sex talk I think every child wished they could have, where it's open, honest, mm-hmm. and the parent doesn't act like, well, the child's not going to go out and do this. Mm-hmm. But the, the parent's like, you know what? Children go out, they have sex. Right. This is what you need to do. Mm-hmm. Okay? And it was so poignant to me. I was like, I wish every person had that at that moment. Well, see, or see, the, see, the Mother's see, Day episode. Just the that's idea. My favorite, that's my favorite Listen. episode. Mm-hmm. It really did. Listen. I, it made me, I mean, uh, every episode is amazing, but I think that in particular, because yeah. it, I think it's, I think it's like the, the, what's the word I'm looking for? I think thematically, it just shows you what that, what that, that particular community, they just want family mm-hmm. and to be able to, hope. to do regular things and have yeah. hope. Mm-hmm. And I wish y'all had show some more food because when you had <laughs> Pray Tell cooking some food for Blanca, and Blanca mm-hmm. was like, well, you know, it's kind of close to my mama's recipe, yeah. but not there. Yeah. Um, that's the only other Christmas I have. You need to have some more food. <laughs> Stuff okay. I need all the good food. That's the feeling from water for chocolate. You're already you're, you're, you're giving me music, clothes. You're giving me all, hair, fit. You're giving me all the things I love. Food is just that Poor little props. extra. Props right now was like no, no, that was bad. But it's just such a. It, it's so real, and you guys don't shy away from anything, especially when you're talking about the racism of the clubs. When you're just talking about the racism within, you know, the queer community. You know, hey. there's an issue that's going on right now. That it, shit with her trying to go to the to the to the bar. Listen, there are issues right. This is yeah. There's an issue right now where there there's the term that's called turf, which is basically people right. who are, you know, there's certain lesbian women or bisexual lesbian women in particular who are saying that trans women are creating erasure for lesbian women. That's an issue that's going on right now. Right. And. This is the type of show. It's like people are just trying to live mm-hmm. and and have a family. What are you saying? That, what are you saying about that? The, the, that they're creating erasure. Yeah, there are lesbian women who are claiming that because there are trans women. Um, there are these lesbian women. They're pre- they're pretty much transphobic. And there's a term called turf, which is basically is it trans? Basically, they're they're and you don't have to necessarily be a lesbian to be a turf person. It's basically anybody who's basically um, against trans women. Period. Mm. You know, I mean, it's people who are against trans men too, but in particular for this community, in ter- especially with quote unquote feminist. Yeah. And when I say that, I'm talking about white feminist in particular, yeah. where they're yeah. making issues and they're trying to, they're already a marginalized community themselves, mm-hmm. but because whiteness is in, in play in a lot of these things, and they're just trying to like further push other people who should be your people, mm-hmm. you know? So mm-hmm. I think the importance of the show, especially the Mother's Day episode, is people are just trying to create their families, whether they're born family or chosen family, and they're just trying to hope and live. And I think that's why that particular episode hits so many people. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally I was reading tweets from people who were just like, oh my God, they're like in tears. Because mm-hmm. it's like, it's that moment where I see Blanca, that trauma, mm-hmm. where things can be different. They relate That relationship... You know, the way you guys built that is just... You know, it's just... I mean, I'm just, the storytelling is just love off the chain. And like well, I said, see, it's well, just... It's phenomenal. See, it's, it's, I mean... It's phenomenal. To the thing I love the fact you're saying that the show is about... It's a family show. And it's, it's interesting you were saying that the executives at first didn't see that, you know? Because I know that, like, executives feel that they look at every show and they go, is it a family show? Like, every good cop show is a, fa- is a family show. I mean, at its core. Yeah. And it's great because it's like, that's the, and this thing you were saying it before about what you're, what you're born to or what you choose. Right. It's like your chosen family, I think people always feel more allegiance to, particularly for marginalized communities, because that's like, an, uh, there's an honesty to that choice that is not necessarily there from, you know, like from, from your birth family, as evidenced by the, you know, the mom throwing him out and the dad with the belt. I was like, that was so crazy to me. I just was like, it's so, it's so real though. Because, and it felt real because I've felt that kind of like disconnect with my parents at times when I was younger, you know, just you feel that. And I was like, that, like, like, that's why the show, I think, is, is, is an important show. Out in on so many other realms, you know, like like not just for what it's doing for the trans community and for the gay community and for everything, but it's like it's showing because it's like that's a scene that almost anyone can identify with because you do have those arguments that that force like children away from their family, and it doesn't have to be for something that is as stark as that, but it happens and it, and people understand that and it and it 
and it and it causes them to go in directions that like with their life that they didn't expect you know but it's like but that's the path you have to follow to be who you are and to keep mm-hmm. finding out who you are and and like that to me was like just part of the beauty of the show and also the show pays respect to the legends like every episode when i'm watching like the judges mm-hmm. you look in the ju- like, those are all real now, listen you have to be like right? back in those the day you have to a lot of them are legends like a lot especially those of you that's all jose in the world yes yes jose extravaganza yes. hector extravaganza when i saw hector and jose Williams, i was Freddie like Pendavis. y'all got the real people the real deal. up in here and people are like who is that and i'm like okay let me go educate you babies <laughs> let's go back to youtube and check out right and and also you have like Legends right now. I mean, you guys had Leomi on there, Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. the best adepts in the world. Well, also, our choreographer, listen, with Danielle Palenco. Oh my God, mm-hmm. yes. So if you don't know who that is, please Google it. And you need mm-hmm. to have her on there more because you got the nice shot. You came in, and I was like, I need a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> See, now, you know, I love a show when I start making demands. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna need you to do this, this, and this. Some food. Food and more Leomi. Right. <laughs> and I, 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 like I said, the cast, everything. Like every week, there's something new. And I'm, like I said, I was tweeting out one time I said I'm there's only a few more episodes left I don't know what I'm gonna do I know. when it's over and I'm waiting for why a, isn't this 22 episodes this is some bullshit Jesus I know FX but I know I know one of the things that the fan those of us who are fans because I know one of the difficulties of, of getting a second season is the problem with brand new shows that come out is getting numbers of people to watch it so that you can get a season right. two how I mean we talked about a little early off air but are the, how are the numbers like? Are, are how are fans reacting to it? How how's that playing out in terms of us get in terms of me getting a season two? I don't know about you other bitches, yeah, fuck the but I need a season two you. and a three and a four. <laughs> um, the numbers are good. Mm-hmm. I think they could be better. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what can I, we, we do? We all put our heart and soul into we need to lie crafting the story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, the 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 folks who are showing up and watching it mm-hmm. and specifically watching it live are active. You know, like mm-hmm. they're very active and like every week we're always trending. Hovering either between number one or number two on right. Twitter, which is amazing. Yeah. Right. Um, so people are showing up. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you know, it's interesting. So this is very non-producerial of me yeah. to say, but when we were working on it, my feeling was if only one person watches, that's enough. Yeah, right. Because I ho- would hope that that one person would then tell a friend, would right. not mm-hmm. just tell a friend, but open up. You know, would right. really have more empathy and compassion right. for people who are different from right. them. Um, you know, and, and to go back to a point you made earlier, I think for me the show really is about celebrating the beauty and the breadth of all of our lived experiences, and specifically the diversity and the beauty within the LGBT community and within the diaspora of people of color. Um, I would love more people to be watching it solely so that in this very contested time that we're in. Mm-hmm. The show's very meta because um, you deal with right. Trump. You know, right. that people would have a, a little text. more uh, love. Right. You know, because I think like that, all of that was definitely intentional and by design. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we've, we don't necessarily want to be didactic to the point where we're thumping people over the right. head with a history mm-hmm. lesson, but at the same time we recognize like there isn't, a, we have the ability to open hearts and minds. Right. You know, and I would hope that outside of just having more discourse, mm-hmm. I would love more people to be watching it just so that there's a little bit more love and compassion in the world. Mm-hmm. I think that the show definitely does that. Like, especially all the people I've turned on to, like my mom, my sister, I've got a lot of my friends. I'm like, look, I don't care what you're doing. You need to like watch the show mm-hmm. and you need to tell people about the show and you need to really like have some of those conversations. Cause I know a lot of young people are watching it and they're feeling like, Oh my God, I'm seeing myself. We're there. Um, with the characters, like for example, um, Evan Peters' character who plays the the Stan, he is so adorable. <laughs> he is so cute. Every time I see him on TV, like I will watch anything he is in. I was so happy to see that you guys cast him on this show too. It's like, oh my god! But that's going to be an interesting because here's the thing: y'all left it with that cliffhanger last week tonight. Because tonight, literally, yeah, watch. It's going to be crazy. Look, I'm gonna get home <clears> nine o'clock. Mama's sister going to watch on the thing. Mm-hmm. I'll Sunday. watch it, and I'm gonna watch again on midnight. Sunday nights. And no, episode but, six but is directed, <sighs> written, and produced by Janet Mock. So you what? know it's gonna be yeah, extra. All three. It's gonna be extra. But you guys did lift, lift, leave us. Mm-hmm. Is this the like first time doing any of that? Though, is the first time TV doing any of it? 
the first time that a trans woman of color is doing all, all three, three on an wow. episode of television. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. crazy. Because it's That's like... That's why this is dropping tomorrow. Yeah. Because, so. like, literally, <laughs> last week, all of it, like... I don't know if y'all heard the collective clutching of pearls at the end of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> when we were like, what? Right. <laughs> how is this going to end up? So, like, literally, we are, like, on pins and needles to see it tonight, to see how it plays out. Because a part of me is like... I'm really curious to see how, as writers, what direction you take it. Because mm. it can go into like melodramatic histronics, or it could like be subversive and turn into something that we've never seen before, especially when you're dealing with a heterosexual woman whose first encounter with this culture, and she's like, really, really kind of white bread, walking yeah. up in here, milk toast walking in here, milk and toast. being like, Oh my lord, what's happening? What is, this, what, what is this world? What is going on? And then and you have our baby girl, Angel. Spill with uh, a cue, by the way. What? It's gonna be it's gonna be something. It might do I, is this gonna be like, do I need to drink a lot tonight to get ready? <laughs> you better get ready. Do I need to get the really, really good expensive snacks? I don't know that you need to uh, have Kleenex. Okay. <laughs> you have I have Kleenex, Kleenex anyway. every week yeah. anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is going to be a two. So what you're saying is a two Kleenex box exactly. viewing tonight. Okay. Have Kleenex. Say no yeah. more. I'm already there because exactly. at the end of that, like literally, I we saw that and then I went online to go see and everybody was like, my edges. Yes. <laughs> How is this going to play out? Yes. Yeah, I'm excited. I, I really love that story. I think, you know, one of the reasons why I love that particular arc so much is that so often trans people are points of trauma mm-hmm. and they're used um, as trauma porn. nothing more than just a story point. Yes. Right. Um, you know, the beginning of an arc for some, you know, cis straight dude, mm-hmm. right? you know, um, and, and that's not the case here. You know, like Angel as a character portrayed so beautifully by India Moore is oh, she's so she's gorgeous. so great and she's such wait, a great actress wait, the first episode when she came out the print and I don't know how how she was doing that walk but when she came out with the princess and she was coming out <laughs> oh yeah I was like I like need floating. just I just need yes. she was I, like I need that in a big photo and hang that was like a renaissance painting come to life when she came out there I was like bitch they are no, not she's, y'all not playing I never no. feel like she's acting she is so no, she's just always so in it so she's natural. so in it and she's it's just perfect casting right. like she was the person right. for that role um, but you know, on the page, that character has a lot of agency, mm-hmm. you know. And I think in the hands of a lesser actress, that wouldn't mm-hmm. come across. I but I think you know, India just has a way of conveying um, Angel's agency and her mm-hmm. strength and her power yeah. that feels very real and relatable to the mm-hmm. audience. But but I'm proud of that that narrative for mm-hmm. that reason because mm-hmm. I think you know. I had a real aha moment while watching and live tweeting the pilot Mm. because we always had constructed that arc to be a love story Um, and one that obviously you'll have to watch the rest of the season to see how it plays out but at the very beginning like that first moment when they meet and he picks her up at the pier Mm -hmm. and then takes her to the hotel that was the beginning of a love story for us Mm -hmm. and it was wild to me that while we were live while I was live tweeting that there were so many people who were saying angel don't get in the car oh my god she went to the second location right. and even when he oh, drops her back he, off and they kiss everyone thought there was going to be violence right because right. yeah, yeah, yeah. we're so you know, used to that we're used to, exactly, yeah. exactly yeah but 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 the actor who picks her up what's his name evan peters okay so so i love the moment this is a really really great moment in that when he says to her um take your skirt off Mm. And then he's like, okay, take your panties off. And the camera just kind of like floats on his eyes just for a moment mm-hmm. in a really, really fascinating way. And I was like, this is like really interesting. It was, I mean, that, I mean, it's interesting you say that there's fear in that because like, I didn't even think of that at all. I just was like, oh. What's it's our expectation of what we're used to you, seeing you, with yeah, that role. Yeah, what you're That's saying with that role. Is right. It, yeah, right. I, I see that, but okay. I, but I didn't even expect. But there are a lot I, I of, that, I think a lot of moments throughout our show where we are, to, now it sounds like I'm being self-congratulatory and patting myself on the back, but do it. where we are very subversive with storytelling, Excuse right? Okay, do that. Which is, ah, you know, that. I think if you <clears throat> fast forward to episode four, the fever, um, we have a uh, there's an HIV scare mm-hmm. in that episode, and I think like if we're looking at specifically the relationship between Ricky and Damon and right. normal television, mm-hmm. I would argue likely what would have happened as a result of that right. moment is that they would have broken up. Right. Right. right? right. But in reality, we show two people being adults mm-hmm. and saying, 
we're just we're gonna go get tested, right. See, and then we're gonna make sure that we talk about yeah. being safe yeah. Yeah. and right. continuing to protect ourselves as we move forward as two sexual right. beings. And we won't even talk you about know? the reversal at the end. We oh my god! Well, yeah. see, see, I know. I know. To me, what I, see to me, what I think is interesting is the just that you're dealing with AIDS because. I don't think people. It's 1987 in New York. No, no, but no, I, I get you that. Have to. No, I get that, but right. I think that people now just don't even like don't even remember the hyper fear that 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 disease put into everybody, but yeah. but but more specifically in the LGBT community, especially right. in New York and San Francisco. Yeah. But and it's just like I I don't think people today they don't remember it. You know, it's been so long. You have people like Magic Johnson who's living with it. I mean, I remember when Magic Johnson, people had the death sentence for him. Mm-hmm. But now here it is, like, like, 20, like it's over 20 years later, and he's fine and doing well. And it's like, but at that time, I mean, it's like, you know, there's a, I remember the other movie, some movie with Matthew Mildeen, the band plays on. Is that right, what it is? Right. It's HBO. like, yeah, HBO, it's like you, like you watch that, and it's like, and they capture the hysteria of it I don't think is even captured like well in that movie but it is in your thing I mean the people, mm-hmm. people are like accepting it in a way that it's like oh my god mm-hmm. this is what well, can I say I think you know specifically when it comes to narratives that are speaking to the experience of HIV AIDS one of the things that I don't disagree with your point right which is I think that particularly if we're looking just at the LGBTQ community especially now because we have drugs like PrEP, that we're probably not having enough conversations around HIV AIDS. And I think right. because of cocktails and because mm-hmm. of drugs, there is this assumption that it's like, well, you I'll just be on meds and you can live with it, bad. right? And you can be undetectable and it's fine. It's horrible. Um, you know, that doesn't mean that there aren't still people who are being, who are acquiring HIV mm-hmm. AIDS and are still dying. dying. I know, right. I know. Right. So, but, 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 yeah, but yeah, you're right. But but that fear is not there anymore. And I think it, I think it should be. I mean, people need to know it's still a dangerous disease. Well, here's like, what's interesting because I think here's where I disagree with you just a little, which is I think that we've seen enough of these narratives. I think similar to what we were just talking about with the the arc of of uh, Angel being picked up mm-hmm. by Stan, right? Mm-hmm. And not seeing her be killed, but right. seeing this be the beginning right. of a storyline right. uh, and, and a love story. We have seen enough stories where specifically LGBTQ people are HIV positive and then dying at the end of a narrative, right? right? And I think what we were wanting to do specifically like with uh, Blanca's story, right? And her being told that she's positive at the very top of that episode mm-hmm. and then immediately goes to having a conversation with Pratel and that being the motivation for her to start her own house. Which I thought was right. great. I, think, I thought right. it was great. You know, what we wanted to tell was a story about HIV AIDS does not have to be a death sentence. Right. For her, it's the catalyst to live more life. And I think we wanted to be, we just want to show the other side of the narrative as opposed to here's another storyline of someone who's now yeah, HIV positive right. and who's now just waiting to die. Well, it's like, well, no. I mean, to crumple up and not well, do anything. Right. Life. No, there's still yeah. more life to live. Yeah. And that's what she's doing. Well, see, I mean, and, and that's, I mean, I guess, I mean, that's part of what I, I wanted to get is that I, I love the fact that you are, you're doing this, but you're doing it in a way that we haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that that's what makes it interesting <clears> because you know, at the time, it was never in movies. And then there was a time that it popped up all the time in the movies, and it's it, and there is that tired storyline that we want to see. Mm. But we do know, but we do know these people who live with it, survive with it, who did so many things with it afterwards. And it's kind of like, where's that story? Because, and I thought, I, I thought when I was watching it, and you know, and 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 Blanca's there in the hospital, and she gets the the, the doctor gives her the thing. I was like, it's a really weird choice. Because where is she gonna go now with this? But the next scene, you know, when she gets off and breaks the house, I was like, "Oh, that's a really great way to push the story now." Mm-hmm. Because now it's kind of like mm-hmm. the whole thing about you gotta live for today. I think she has that conversation. It's like you gotta live for today. Right. You gotta live for now. You can't, and that triggers the hope to anybody. Mm-hmm. And it's a good message for anybody. It's like live for today. Live for now. Your dreams are not guaranteed so yeah. make that happen now and that's what I was like so as, I mean that's just interesting like it's interesting like fulcrum that you guys mm-hmm. use in a way that we all are aware of but but but, but it's, it's not used in a tragic way and I thought that was, yeah. I was mm-hmm. very, very right. I just had to applaud you for that oh, exactly. mm-hmm. well on that note we don't want to keep you too long what I can't hear you go ahead say it give me that, give me that mic <laughs> <laughs> come on over to the mic 
Uh, there's something that you got very, very close to. We'll let you out of the, off the hook in a second. There's something you got close to on there um, about the forgetting the fear of AIDS. Um, I think something that's often left out of the, the discussion now about AIDS in the 80s is uh, the tremendous pathological irresponsibility of the government on oh, it. Oh, the Reagan, it, yes. Right, that yes. It, was, it was a gay disease, so not my problem. And right. it set a tone after that that just made it terrible for everyone. Yeah, yeah, there's, that's, that's a, huge, that top, yeah. a huge part of the fear is that when we look to the government in that moment, just fuck them. Right. Just let them drop. It's fine. Right. This, it's okay. Right. So, yeah, t- I just wanted to, to jump no, in on, no, on no, your, no, your no, Jesse Coaster, y'all. There from a, the there's a bowl. moment. Yeah. There's a scene in episode four um, between Blanca and Pretel on the pier where he talks about right. the fact that Ronald Reagan doesn't even, can't even mm-hmm. say the word AIDS. Right. You know, so we definitely have, have a character addressing right. that point. Right. Definitely. Speaking right. to that. Definitely. Right. Well, thank you, Stephen. We don't keep thank you too you. long. I appreciate you taking so much time. Of course, thank you for Come over me. and hang out with the brother. You know, mm-hmm. I don't get to see you too much anymore because you're so busy. You know? Ain't like you got a job or some hey, shit. Hey, hey. You know? You're in a room, hey, too. Stone I know, big thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to get up there with you, trying to stomp with the big dogs. You know, <laughs> 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 we appreciate you. Seriously, oh, man. You I'm me, proud man. of you. Love the show. Thank you. Like I said, it's the only show me and the hubby watch live. That's it. And believe me, I, like, I watch a lot of shows, but that's the only... Mm-hmm. Everything else I DVR, I'm like, no, bitch, it's 9 o'clock. I watch it twice. <laughs> I watch it when it comes on right. TV, and then I, I go back... I watch it twice this and week. And then on Amazon, when it yes. drops at midnight, I'd be up at midnight going, hello. <laughs> me and my producing partner, Pamela, we watched it at her house on Tuesday, because we were off the whole week. They let us off. And uh, we, I went over as a girl, we got to watch episode five, girl. We got to watch it. Mother's Day. We both were like, every five minutes, she'd like, stop it for a second. Okay, look. And she was there. She was at all the balls and us. So we were oh, just oh, oh, yeah, because she was dancing yeah. in a Broadway there. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's her whole so She knew yeah, all yeah, them yeah, dancers yeah, right there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Every five minutes, she'd like, yeah. stop it for a second. We have, she'd be like, woo. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so um, thank you, Stephen. We thank appreciate you. it, man. Thank Keep you doing me. good shit. And, you know, we are all, you know, fingers crossed and prayers or whatever you believe. Put that shit out there that y'all get picked up for thank season you. two. Thank they you. should already said guarantee already. already. Said. It's, it's some bullshit. Listen, listen. They should they should have known by episode right. one. Like, look, we gonna bring on Michael. Gonna do a season two. I'm just letting y'all know okay. right now. Just on Ryan and Brad, they should have said, "Y'all go ahead, get y'all number and let, two. Let your writing room know that we're so proud of them and we're right. so excited. Every episode, like I said, I wish they were longer. Even though they are like already hours long, I just feel like it's so good that when it's done, I'm like, it's over already. Right. But that's also that's also that's the a be- good sign. You don't want it to end. Yeah. You don't want it to end. That's also the beauty. Of, of FX is that you can run of FX right. you know you don't have to be like the right. other show was starting right now right. so we gotta get the hell out right. your scripts yeah. have to be 52 pages <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like 51 you so we're 67 okay. so shut up <laughs> oh my god oh my Ryan god. said now this one's gonna be 82 today don't worry about it just just roll with me you guys no. official, your official Twitter and it's, it's pose FX right hashtag pose, pose FX it's at pose on FX uh, at, at pose, pose on, on FX. FX okay okay cool so where you at, um, Stephen? Where's where's your Twitter? Uh, you can find me at Stephen Canals. Mm-hmm. That's Stephen with a V. We won't even get into that. We won't even get into that. And Instagram at SB Canals. Okay, that's what's up. Mm-hmm. So uh, where you at, Chris? Uh, unauthorized CBD on Instagram and Twitter. Okay. The website is down at the moment. So. Okay, where well, you at, Lisa? Lisa Coat Jam. I'm always on Twitter. <clears throat> at what fresh hell is this? <laughs> <laughs> a great one, Dorothy Parker. <laughs> Dorothy Parker. So yes, what fresh hell is this? Uh, usually, I'm lurking in the hashtag Saturday Night Sci-Fi. Um, Quick reminder, we, the Carl Brandon Society, is having their fundraiser for the Octavia E. Butler Memorial Scholarship. As you guys know, I support the Carl Brandon Society, and I was a recipient of the scholarship <laughs> back in 2012, but it's a specific scholarship that uh, was created um, to honor Octavia Butler's memory for students to go to the Clarion workshops. There's a Clarion and Clarion West, so we're trying to raise ten thousand dollars. Clarion a couple of years yes, ago. Yes, so we're we're trying to raise money to send some more writers of color. That was Octavia's dream, and also um, my condolences to the widow of Harlan Ellison because Harlan Ellison was Octavia Butler's teacher at the very first Clarion, mm-hmm. and he was the one who bought uh, her very first short story. 
and he just passed away. Yeah, like so I was a huge Harlan Ellison fan. So condolences to his family, and of course to the sci-fi community because you know we lost another legend. But you can help the legend keep going by right. supporting the scholarship. So look for There'll the be tag a link hashtag the show notes. hashtag <laughs> exactly. because of Octavia, and then somewhere on there you should see a link that goes to the Carl Bennett Society page. So five dollars, ten dollars, twenty-five dollars, whatever you can do because we're trying to get writers of color to write the future. So that. do that. True. And please watch Pose. Don't promote. You know, I'm not going to say please. No, watch that. Get shit, your man. life. <laughs> Come get your life. Watch the show. Tell a friend. Yes. And please let us know right away when season two. You know what? I'm just putting out in universe. You already had Damon created way back in the day. So we just going to put in the universe that Pose is going to get a season four or five. <laughs> right. I like Crossing that. our fingers. Mm-hmm. But give me a season two. I'm a fan. Excellent work. Tell the cast they're amazing. Thank you. Indeed. Well. And I'm your host, Hilliard Guest. You guys can find me on Twitter. I say Twitter like I'm cool. Twitter. <laughs> Twitter. At Hilliard Guest. Follow the show, Screenwriters RR on Twitter. <clears throat> Any questions, screenwritersrantroom at gmail.com. Please go on iTunes. Give us a five-star review. We need that for the metrics. Please go on our new Patreon page. The link will be in the show notes. I've been doing this for years with no damn Patreon. It's ridiculous. Uh, yeah. Uh, what else? God, there's so much shit going on. Um, watch Pose, y'all. I'm telling you, you already, you already said the shit. You already preached it. Look, you already know. I know good shows well, when they come on. And I be trying to tell people, mm-hmm. y'all need to get with the program. <laughs> you need to get with the program and follow the, the trendsetters who know what's good. I love it. Right? I'm trying to tell y'all. Tell them. I'm trying to tell y'all. I made a plea last week. We were talking about Pose last week. I made a plea and I said, look, so all you straight motherfuckers out there... <laughs> Don't fall, Don't sleep on it just because you think, oh, you. no, I wouldn't watch it. Mm-hmm. If you have family and you have hope and love and all that shit, this is the show for you. Mm-hmm. You can find yourself in one of those characters, I guarantee. I went to a barbecue, 4th of July. Mm-hmm. Uh, a friend of mine, her husband, just, you know, like straight white guy right. from the military, right. was like, I love the show. Ah. It's so good. <laughs> and every week I'm just like, I'm so invested in the characters and mm-hmm. the world and I'm learning so much. So, yeah. There's somebody for everybody on this show. That's, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. So um, follow us on Facebook, uh, all that stuff. All the countries out there who, who follow us, we appreciate y'all. Um, God, so much shit going on. Uh, again, uh, you guys can hear the air conditioner on. I'm sorry, but it's fucking 100 and something degrees here in Hollywood. If I didn't have this on, we'd be here. But it's Sat- already hot. Satan has parked but. his car. <laughs> Hey, next to this devil, building, huh? okay? He is right next to the building. <laughs> about the devil and Steven. Barbecuing. Sorry. <laughs> he is barbecuing right now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thank you, Jesse, for sitting in with us. We appreciate you, buddy. Um, so y'all know how we do it on the Rant Room. On this show, we keep it real. We keep it opinionated. We're going to keep it Pose FX. 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 We're going to keep it what? Pose FX. Peace, y'all. Ciao. I'm going to say what I feel. And I promise to keep it real Welcome to the Rain So you wanna be a rider, well you gotta be a rider Till your fears are diminishing, the doubts are behind ya It's hard to grind and the business got me stressed In the rent room, we let that shit up off our chest You know the street nerd has got no time for no caca Sass in class, yes they used to bowl a kaja Never have to guess when you're listening to Hilliard He gon' bring more game than a shark playing billiards It's all about the crap of screenwriting It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening Your pen and words are like bullets in a gun Write what you feel, say what you want Welcome to the Red Room.